Hey, Michigan, let's talk golf. Here's Mike Sullivan, the most inconsistent golfer ever. In your life have you seen anything like that? And Kyle Bogey, wait, how can a guy with that name host a golf show? We'll never know. Better than most. It's the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Powered by our presenting partner, Hall Financial. Welcome into another edition of the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Of course, powered by our friends over at Hall Financial. I'm Kyle Bogey. Uh, we got Mike Sullivan here as well, and uh, we are in snowy Michigan as the snow is just falling uh, outside of our, our windows and our offices here uh, in Royal Oak. So, Sully, I, I hate to break this to you, okay? We still have a few more months until we're going to be able to actually go outside and play golf here in Michigan. It's very sad. I know. No, obviously, simulator season and, and certainly top golf and, and everything has been well in force and underway, but... Um, I was just thinking about it yesterday, how I can't wait just for it to be, you know, heck, even, you know, go tee off down the street at Red Run at, at 4 p.m. and you can still get an 18 holes. Tee off at 5, you know, 6 o'clock, you can even get an 18 holes in the middle of summer. So uh, I can't wait just to to get that those Michigan summers back. But in the meantime, we're, we're still doing well and still, uh, I mean, man, plenty of, of golf topics to discuss. Yeah, certainly a lot that we can get into. Rory McIlroy with some interesting comments, uh, even though he wasn't actually asked about it early in his press conference, but we'll get to that. Patrick Reed, of course, always a villain uh, in the game of golf. So we'll touch on uh, Patrick Reed's latest. Is it a controversy? I don't know. Anyway, we'll get to that a little bit later on uh, in the podcast, but we want to get to uh, a very special guest, uh, a Michigan native and someone that was actually playing in the Farmers Insurance Open out at Torrey Pines uh, just this past week. That is uh, Willie Mack third, And Willie, uh, we appreciate you joining us here on the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Uh, how you doing? Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm not in the snow like you guys, but uh, <laughs> it was tell a the, little bit cold today. It was in the, was in the 60s, but it was, it was sunny. <laughs> so tell the people where you're at right now so everyone knows where you're doing this from. I'm in Orlando, Florida. Love it. No, can't, can't, can't nice. that. Absolutely. You, you actually, right. you look like you just got off the course as well. Uh, a, a big day out on the course. I'm a golf lesson with my coach Todd Anderson at um, Tigres. So that's, that's where I'm coming from. Very nice. Well, um, obviously right. uh, you're coming off of uh, a, you know, tremendous week, you know, certainly you want to make the cut, you know, you want, you want to be in the hunt and uh, you know, you want to be doing more and more right. uh, in the game of golf, but I guess take us through the process of, you know, the, the sponsor's exemption and, and how you were able to, you know, be added to the field of the Farmers Insurance Open, how you got the news, just just kind of, you know, where that all started and, and you know, what that was like to get the news and be officially entered into the Farmers Insurance Open. Oh, it was just an unfortunate situation. Um, one of my friends that he's actually sponsored by Farmers Insurance also, um, he had the sponsor exemption in there and he got COVID a couple of days before. So they, um, he had to withdraw. Um, that was, I think Tuesday afternoon. So it's two courses at Torrey, a North and a South course. So I, I got the call around, um, probably about one o'clock and I had to suit up and, and get ready for for a tournament that's that's one of the toughest on tour, but when they when they call you up, you you have to be ready. So I had a practice round with Ricky Fowler and, and Gary Woodland. So um, that was a good start to the week. 
Did, w- would you say, it, real quick here, you know, I, I would wonder if, if the nerves would have set in a little bit more had you been preparing um, a little bit more so leading up to it. Like, did, did it almost, I don't want to say lessen, you know, the fact that you're about to play in the, the Farmers Insurance right. Open, but was it easier from an emotion standpoint, a, a nerve standpoint that you didn't, you didn't have a ton of time to think. You just had to get there and go, and all of a sudden it's Thursday and you're playing in the first round. Did that help at all, kind of being last minute? Yeah, I think it did. Um, I had to uh... – Played two courses really fast. I had a lot of interviews to do. Um, I just got a brand new wedge before I came to, to California, so that needed to be fixed. So I was running back and forth um, to, to a lot of places. So I, I don't think the, the nerve set in uh, that fast. And once I got on the course, uh, I, I couldn't have any nerves at that point. Could you talk real quick, Willie, about, um, you know, obviously with, with just an incredible honor and award you received with the Charlie Sifford, you know, exemption and being personally invited by Tiger Woods, which I just, you know, as I think all of us, you know, younger guys, you know, the three of us right now can speak to just how much Tiger has done for this game and just how we all grew right. up watching him. And, and if you could let the people in real quick, just on what that moment was like, because, you know, for those that might not even be familiar, you know, this is an exemption that's been given, given to a golfer representing a minority background to play in this annual event. So this is a, just a, an incredible honor and, and what a, uh, what a great opportunity for you to, to receive something like this and play in the event. Just take a minute and talk about what that's like getting the, this honor and especially from a guy like Tiger. Yeah. I mean, I started golf because of Tiger Woods. So to, to have my, at that time, first PGA Tour event be, be a tournament he hosts was, was a dream come true. So um, I'm, I'm excited to get out there in, in, in two weeks to, to tee it up. And hopefully he's not playing this year because he's injured, but I, I heard he, w- he would be there and hopefully I'll, I'll be able to meet him. We, uh, we, we had a, a thread earlier this week on uh, our Metro Detroit golfers group. Um, I, actually, I think, Mike, you asked the question, actually. Um, you know, what was the, the age? How old were you, essentially, when you started? You know, kind of what is your golf story? And I guess I would just ask you the same because a lot of people had various answers about how you got started and what that was like. Around about six or seven, uh, me and my dad started just kind of fell in love with the game and, and went from there. But uh, I think just like a lot of people around our age or, or my age group kind of started because of Tiger Woods. So uh, just to be able to play in a tournament that, that has his name on it is, is like I said, a dream come true. <laughs> I'd be curious to know as well, you mentioned playing with Ricky Fowler and, and you know, practice round and whatnot. I mean, mm-hmm. what's, what's that like? I mean, I think at some point everyone – uh, and we've talked to guys that, that have made their debuts on, on the tour, whether it's been when we've talked to, to Donnie Trosper or when we've talked to, you know, certainly Brian Stewart or Tom Gillis, all these other Michigan guys that have played on tour. Um, yeah. What's it like from a nerves perspective? Now it's different, I guess, because there's not a ton of fans like usual, but, but what's it like from a nerves, nerves perspective as well as, uh, you know, even in a practice round setting, being able to play with some, some very notable guys like that? Uh, being sponsored by Farmers Insurance, I uh, I got to actually play with Ricky last year at this <laughs> at this same tournament, so I already knew him a little bit. I didn't know Gary, um, but playing my first two rounds with Ryan Brim, which I 
I played growing up. I think he was a senior when I was a freshman in high school. So just getting out there, getting to play two rounds with him, um, it was exciting. He he was excited to see me out there. So uh, it was just a, a warm wel welcoming um, to the tour. Overall, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you, you want to, you know, like I said, make the cut. You, you want to, you know, be in contention and, and things like that. But, you know, 74, 75, I think plus five, um, you know, overall and, yeah. and ended up missing the cut. But certainly, you know, showcased, uh, you know, your ability and, and was certainly a respectable uh, couple of rounds. I, I guess overall, were you, were you pleased with, with how you performed, especially with it being such a last minute thing? You know, what, where, how would you assess essentially how those two rounds went for you? Um, I wasn't, I wasn't pleased at all. Uh, my driver actually was cracked. I didn't know it. Um, I got it. I got it checked on, I think Friday afternoon after my round and it was a crack on top. I, I didn't know, but I got a backup. Um, I only hit four fairways in two days at, at Torrey. That's, that's not don't cut it. Um, I don't care how, how good you're putting or chipping. But everything else uh, in my game, my putting, my chipping, my iron play, it was, it was solid. So I have a lot to look forward to in, in the, the next couple of weeks going into to the Genesis. So even when, you know, obviously set to play in the Genesis Invitational, February uh, 18th through 21st. Um, yep. You know, walk us through, I think that everyone, even, you know, people listen to this, amateur golfers that, that practice and want to get better and stuff, but, but you're not practicing necessarily to play, uh, play on tour. What is your practice um, schedule like right now? Just gearing up where, hey, you had an incredible opportunity to play in the Farmers, but now you turn the page and you, and you start thinking about the Genesis Open. What is your, walk us through what, what, a, what an average day in terms of practice looks, looks like for you. Um. Like I said, getting getting a lesson a day, just just tighten tightening th some things up with with the driver and and some irons. But um, usually get up in the morning. Uh, it's a little cold to me, at least. <laughs> Maybe not you guys. <laughs> yeah, come on but, now. <laughs> uh, usually in usually in the morning, I'll, I'll get up, um, get to the course around about eight or nine, and 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 start with some some wedges. And, and work my way up to the driver and then take a little lunch and, and get to the short game area and, and finish out my day with some putting. But usually it's a, a long day, um, but especially getting ready for this event, I, I definitely have to put in a little extra work. Has there, I know you said you obviously, you know, hope to meet Tiger. Have you talked to Tiger Woods? You said you hope to meet him. Have you spoken to him then though? Uh, no, I haven't. His, so uh, the Tiger okay. Woods Foundation actually um, reached out to me and, and Got it. told me the news. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll obviously meet him, which which will be awesome. But but has yeah. there been anyone, um, any current PGA Tour pros or you know names that people will recognize? Anyone that that stands out to you in terms of uh, a mentor, someone who's been a great help to you during this entire process? Uh, really, maybe I'm talking about a guy that's maybe giving you some tips or just some friendly advice. Whether it's Ricky yeah. or someone else, is there someone that that kind of stands out yeah Ricky gave me a little advice on the on the nine holes we played and then um Billy Horschel I see him all the time with when I go get lessons with Todd so uh he's gave me a lot of good advice uh I usually d him on Instagram a lot so we we kind of talk back and forth but um also um Lanto Lanto Griffin um he he goes to Ty Anderson too so just just getting advice from them and 
and they know they know my skill level and and what what I can do. So they just honestly tell me to go out there and have have fun. You know, for for years, um, I feel like the game of of golf has been at least this is what I you know I hear and I feel like I've been told this my entire life. Golf is an old person sport and it's 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 a dying sport. No, oh my gosh, it's yeah. not going to be around forever. And the last few years, I, I just feel like the game is evolving and changing so much. You know, I'm 31, you're, you're what, 32, Mike's 27, like, and we're golf nuts and it's all we want to do. But I think it's getting even younger, um, you know, where it's becoming this thing where we, there's just a bunch of golf freaks that are out there. And whether you're a good golfer, you know, not so great golfer or a very good golfer, great golfer like you, I, I do feel like, you know, golf yeah. is, is getting to a point where there's just so many fans and so many players out there. What, what have you noticed, I guess? And would you agree with that, that assessment of mine? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely younger people getting into the game of golf nowadays. I think this pandemic actually helped that out a lot. Um, that was only one of the things you could do <laughs> if you went outside other than walking around. But just the clothing also. Um, you can wear joggers on the course now. Um, mm -hmm. Just, yep. just things like that is is slowly coming to to be uh, a better sport. And other athletes and other other parts of the of the world and in other sports, they're they love golf. So um, I have a lot of friends that play other sports, and and they're always asking me to play golf or or get tips. So it's it's definitely coming um, to the forefront. So last question for me that, that I, that I want to know, um, you know, obviously with, with what we've launched with Metro Detroit golfers and, you know, it all started because yeah. we, we've thought that Michigan is such a huge golf state, you know, it actually is the third right. biggest golf state in terms of most golf courses. And there's just such a huge appetite for golf here and people love golf in Michigan. And we're obviously thrilled right. that there's now a PGA tour event back in Michigan the, the past couple of years mm -hmm. with uh, the rocket classic at DGC. But um, would love just to hear from you, Willie, about your take, uh, your, your big picture type opinion on Michigan golf. Talk about maybe some courses, certainly Flint and Flint and whatnot that you played growing up. And, and, you know, just, just, I would love to hear your opinion on Michigan golf as a whole, because you're someone who's played golf everywhere. Yeah. Mich you, you can't beat Michigan golf, especially with the, the bent grass. Um, you come down to Florida as Bermuda and, it's, it's not as manicured nicely as, as up north courses. Um, I went to school at Grand Blank, so I, I got to practice my last two years in high school at, at Warwick Hills where they had yep. the Buick Open. So um, that, that was a, a good course to, to get your skill, skill level up um, before going to college. But um, I love Detroit Golf Club, too. I actually – play there the most when I come home so um, hopefully uh, in the next couple of days I'll, I'll send a letter to try to get an exemption and and see what happens well I'll tell you what if you want to if you want to send that to us we have about 40,000 people that would sign it for you so um, you, you let us know oh, perfect we, we will do all we can to help and it's funny Warwick Hills was you know when I was a kid that was my my first job was a caddy at Warwick Hills. And I, uh, every single summer I caddied at Warwick Hills oh, okay. and I got to, got to, to work the Buick Open, which was awesome. So 
love to hear that. And, and, you know, Kyle, I know you're, you're in the same boat. I, I think Kyle, I, I know you played in some sort of pro-am at, at Warwick Hills a couple of years ago. You still brag about shooting a 79 there or something, right? I mean, look, you know, it was, uh, it was a decent <laughs> performance, you know, I, I, I don't think Willie would be impressed by that, but yeah. uh, you know, if he, shot a, yeah, if he shot a 79, he would, he would be just livid, you know, come on. We shoot a 79. We're like, all right, we played a good round. <laughs> right. That's funny. What, uh, I guess, yeah, last one for me here, you know, as we just kind of wrap it up, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, you're around uh, amateur golfers. You're probably, you're on Instagram, so you probably follow some of the, you know, Zyre Golf and Golf Balling and all right. these, you know, golf <laughs> accounts and everything, all the crazy things that they're posting on a daily basis. But is there something that, that you have noticed about amateur golfers and, you know, that, that you think is, is kind of funny? Is there a piece of advice or a big piece of advice maybe that you would give you know, to the average golfer out there that, that's trying to improve their game? Um, just like Ricky told me, just have fun. Um, get some beers and, and make <laughs> sure you don't hit any any houses and cars and and just go out there and have a good time. It's, um, I, feel, I feel a lot of people take it too serious. And um, it's just a sport. It's, it's just like anything else. And it's, it's a fun sport that, that brings a lot of people together that, that I don't think you would normally meet and um, yeah, just, just have fun. And I, I love the tip about having a few drinks on the course as well. I think we can all get behind that. No, 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 Willie, right, let, for sure. let, let me tell you, okay. Most golfers go to the range, hit 15, 20 balls, maybe a little bit more, get loose, go to the putting green yeah. short game area. You can find this guy at the, uh, the, the, the clubhouse bar having a cocktail before a round. He, this guy doesn't want to hit one ball before the round. It's crazy. Sometimes, sometimes that works better than, than going and, and shanking it on the range. <laughs> hey, you don't, you don't need to. You know, you can just, you know, ease into it. And you got to find the line, though. Maybe after, you know, two or three drinks is the best spot. Then you'll just go right downhill after that. So um, I'll, I'll tell you what. Stay hydrated. Absolutely. Yeah. No, Willie, we appreciate it. And we appreciate you, uh, you know, just, just really excited to, to follow your career. The fact that you played on the, you know, the farmers, you're playing in the Genesis and, and we can't wait to just continue to watch your career. You let us know how we can help in any way. And, and you just know that Metro Detroit golfers and, and, you know, all golfers here in Michigan are really rooting for you and excited to continue following your career and best of luck. And, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, I, re I really appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Best of luck, Willie. Appreciate it. Well, just a fantastic conversation with Willie Mack III. Uh, you know, just played in the Farmers Insurance Open, Torrey Pines, getting ready for the Genesis Open. Uh, I, I love the fact that at the end of that conversation, you know, he was all about just, just have fun in the course. Relax, have a few drinks. I mean, Sully, that is your type of golfer right there, man. You know, have a few drinks, chill, just have a good time. I love how you're trying to act like it's not you, too. <laughs> not, never. Come on. I, I don't think I'm the one at Red Run this summer who uh, chugged an entire fifth at the turn, <laughs> you know, like you did. But ask Eddie Mio about that. No. Uh, but, no, he was great. I thought Willie was just an awesome guy to talk to. Had some great stuff off air, he told us as well. And and he's a guy that, that you just want to pull for, you want to root for. He's from Flint. Just another local guy that's doing well. We talked to Donnie Trosper before. We obviously have talked to Brian Stewart, who's been on tour for years. Tom Gillis, who's played on, on tour for many years. And it's just another example of the Michigan golf scene and a guy who's doing really well. And, and I think a guy who all of MDG wants to pull for and will pull for. We said it 
you know, you might think we said it half jokingly to him about, hey, we can get a petition signed for you to play in the Rocket Classic of 40,000 Metro Detroit golfers. I think we'd all sign it. I think it'd be great to see Willie play in the Rocket Classic. And, and I really hope that he's going to be one of those exemptions because there was a time where I think it was right after Thursday's round uh, at the Farmers last week where he was right on the cut line. You know, he was at playing well. He was not dead last. So, so he was actually playing well for a while. And of course, it's so tough, but uh, really pulling for him. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, obviously someone who's pulling for uh, the, the MDG community and, you know, Metro Detroit golfers, our presenting sponsor of the Metro Detroit golfers podcast, Hall Financial, David Hall and his team. I mean, they really are just an assembly of experts in the mortgage industry. And they literally set up a landing page specific for Metro Detroit golfers. You can go to hallmdg.com. That's hallmdg. Dot com. If you want to find out a little bit more information on what Hall Financial does, how they can potentially help you, obviously the housing market is just wild right now and interest rates, it looks like, are going to be down for a little while. So please go to hallmdg.com, find out a little bit more about Hall Financial and their entire team that they have there. They could definitely save you some money and I think that you know everyone in MDG should realize and kind of just take note how much they have been around since day one. Um, we went to D Hall with the idea about MDG before day one, and what he did was he got behind it immediately, and he sponsored this podcast, and we thank him immensely for that. So at the very least, guys, please make sure you visit hallmdg.com, and they're going to have a, a quick, free, five-minute consultation with you and get a mortgage review going. So that's hallmdg.com. Obviously, the Farmers Insurance Open just wrapped up uh, a few days ago, and it was not without... A little bit of controversy, at least. Of course, Patrick Reed at the center of that controversy in the third round of the Farmers Insurance Open uh, out at Torrey Pines. And I, look, I, do I think ultimately it's a huge deal? No, not necessarily. Do I think that it's bothersome and that, you know, Patrick Reed, these things just kind of seem to follow him. And yeah. there's always going to be just questions about whether or not he's looking to take advantage or, in fact, bend the rules of golf or at least the. I don't know, the the tradition of golf. Yeah, but I, I will say the thing that ended up bothering me the most about the entire Patrick Reed, you know, situation, and of course, of course Patrick Reed went on to win the Farmers Insurance Open after everything that went on in the third round, but I was waiting for CBS to start their coverage, okay, on Sunday afternoon, the final round. And Michigan State and Ohio State ran late. Tom Izzo calls this timeout. With like 15 seconds left, they're down 15 points. I mean, Tom, what are you doing? Uh, you know, like start the freaking broadcast. Okay, You're not anyway. the radio anymore, Kyle. Relax. Anyway, I'm just saying, they finally get to it. And what does CBS do to open up the broadcast? Do they immediately go out to the golf? Do we see shots? No. They immediately are talking about the Patrick Reed controversy. They bring in like five different people and have a panel discussion. We missed like 25 minutes of golf shots. That honestly ended up being the most bothersome thing uh, that happened for me. But I guess, Mike, for you, the Patrick Reed thing, what, big deal, not a big deal? What is it? I think that what you just said is true in terms of, you know, it, there, there seems to be a reason that, that these things keep following him. Um, and, and do I think Patrick Reed is some bad guy? No. I, I, I think that that clearly there's an issue, though, with you want to call it cheating, you want to call it bending the rules, you want to call it just, uh, you know, always finding your way into the middle of controversy. You know, it's that's that's not some coincidence, I don't think. So I think you kind of can have it both ways where, no, I don't think he's some terrible guy, but at the same time, 
if, if, if these types of controversies keep following you and it's on camera like that, um, th that's more than fine to question and wonder. Uh, I think it's kind of like, you know, I think we all have that one friend, right? You, we all have that one friend who whenever he goes out to the bar and has some drinks, he always seems to find a fight. You know what I mean? And, and it's true because is, is your friend a bad guy? No, he's, he's not a bad guy. But stuff happens where if, if you have a friend that always seems to find a fight or you never get into a fight, but all of a sudden when this guy's around, there, there seems to just be, be a fight going on or getting into trouble or whatever, there, there's a reason for that. So I almost think that I love these analogies I just randomly come up with. That, that's, that's kind of the situation with Reed where I don't think he's certainly the most well-liked because there is, you know, controversy that always follows him seemingly. Well, obviously we can move forward at least a little bit, and we do have the waste management open uh, actually going on right now, round two, uh, you know, on Friday. This is when it uh, was officially dropped here, the Metro Strike Golfers podcast. Um, you know, we'll be monitoring that all weekend. Obviously, it's Super Bowl weekend, so, you know, we'll, we'll be a, a little bit distracted on Sunday. But, again, we encourage you, if you are going to go uh, and try to – predict who's going to win the the waste management open or try to figure out who's going to be in the top 10 top five maybe there's some live prop bets you want to do certainly go to DraftKings uh and, and use the code mdg we're going to be doing a ton of pools here moving forward i ended up going with max homa to finish in the top 10 rory mcelroy to win but there's a lot of value out there jordan spee starting off uh you know four under after his first round Brooks Kepka looking to put it together a little bit. Justin Thomas, after his little controversy as well, playing some good golf. So, again, you know, heading into the weekend should be fun. Some great odds out there in golf betting. Uh, and DraftKings certainly uh, can facilitate that for you guys. But uh, wanted to also kind of at least touch on the comments made by Rory McIlroy this week because I thought Rory was <laughs> incredibly candid, as he always seems to be about what the USGA might potentially do. And if you want to read a little bit more about Rory's comments and what specifically mm -hmm. they were, please go to MetroDetroitGolfers.com and check out that blog. Uh, share it, you know, comment on it, give us your thoughts. Uh, maybe they'll be on the website. Honestly, if you go and comment on it, uh, we're going to be giving some feedback and putting that on our website too. But Rory McIlroy essentially just lit up the USGA. Like you and I have talked about this. Seven million people either started playing golf again or started just playing golf in general in 2020. And, and you always undersell it. It's actually like seven and a half. Oh, I, oh really? I, I think it's seven point three. I, I always it's one of those it. it's one of those things that bothers me. I don't know why, but I always <laughs> hear you say seven million, and I always think to myself, it's more than that. It's more like say over seven million or no, no. say seven point three. Classic sales line from 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 Mike here. Almost 8 million golfers either started playing the game or, or got back into it. You know, I mean, just, just under 10 million golfers have got <laughs> There it is, yeah. So Rory obviously recognizes that. He knows what's happening with the game. And, you know, I, I love that he – well, the, the funny thing is he's really just insulting all of us out there. You know, Rory said 99.9% .9 of the golfers out there, you know, are, are just trying to get the ball in the air, are just – just trying to make a par for the first time in their life, you know, essentially saying that we all suck compared to them. But he's very true, you know, he's very right about um, the game of golf and equipment, and we need to make it as easy as possible moving yeah. forward for, for people to enjoy, have fun, hit good shots, because inevitably the equipment is going to help. You want to find forgiving clubs, you want to hit it as far as you possibly can. The ball, the equipment, the technology, that all is going to help with that. So I, I loved what Rory said, and personally, I, I think. 
Bryson comes with his, you know, baggage and things, but I think Bryson's good for the game of golf because guess what? People talk about it. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think that's the goal. No, absolutely. And I don't think that Rory's wrong, though, either. Saying those comments is not wrong. Um, I think that, if anything, it's just relatable. So um, I, I don't necessarily disagree with them. And, and I think that, look, there's been a lot of criticism in multiple areas over the USGA the past five to ten years. I mean, the USGA has, has gone above and beyond um, to, for the U.S. Open, make those courses just so ridiculously difficult. And that's the one thing that gets talked about more than anything with the USGA is how ridiculously difficult they, they've made these courses. So I guess whenever I hear the word USGA coming out of a tour player's mouth, it never seems to be praise. It never seems to be a positive thing that the USGA is doing. And again, I have nothing against the USGA. Uh, there seems to be a little, you know, competition between the USGA and the PGA in terms of the golf governing bodies. But that being said, it, it, it seems like whenever you hear USGA come out of the mouth of a PGA Tour player, it's always a criticism. And, and, and that alone, you know, it, it's not a good thing. Well, it's, you can even go back to the, the Dustin Johnson, uh, you know, U.S. Open issue where his ball moved, did it move? Was he addressing the ball with his putter when it moved? And they wouldn't tell him that, you know, there was – uh, going to be a penalty stroke or not, you know, until the very end. Of course, it didn't end up mattering. But the USGA just seems to be a little bit all over the place. I, I do think – I say this all the time. I said this in the, the conversation with Willie. You know, golf is changing. It's evolving. We, we should evolve with it. We should embrace the fact that younger people and more people are trying to get involved in the game, not make it so ridiculously – I, it, difficult from a rules standpoint. I mean, if you actually read the USGA rules, yeah. it is absurd. It is. You know, and, and if we all played golf, how the USGA would want us, even amateurs, to play golf, what, we would all fire a hundreds every single time we went. It's, it's it's just too much. Yeah, and I think that Rory, you know, even a comment like that, he is right though. Where a lot of golfers are just trying to, like you said, get the ball in the air. Get on the green. Have a have a birdie putt. Have a par putt. The average golfer is not going out there in any way expecting to shoot, you know, a sixty-eight or a sixty-nine. Heck, most people can't even you know shoot in the in the eighties, let alone the seventies. But I'll tell you what: when I've shot in the seventies, it's it's been a big part because of tricovery, and tricovery has done such a great job with with their stretching, their flexibility, their massage packages, including when I was at Meadowbrook just this past summer. Wait, really? I, I fired a seventy-nine. And I kid you not, I was stretched out on a table, and, and, and Kevin from Tricovery did a great job of getting my, my game ready. I did not hit one ball at the range. I rolled a couple putts, and that was it. Um, and I was actually on a massage table right next to John Bucci-Gross, the, the ESPN Sports Center. There's a pretty picture. So, yeah, exactly. He was. John was. I had lunch with John. He was a, a super nice guy. So when you see John on, on SportsCenter, know that he's a, an MDG supporter. But that being said, when I shot a 79 at Meadowbrook in tournament play, and guys, I'm talking about putting everything out. I'm talking USGA about, rules. I'm talking about full USGA rules. I'm talking about no breakfast balls, um, no fluffing it up in the rough, etc. It was one of the most fulfilling rounds of my year and probably of my life. And I credit a lot of that to Tricovery. So visit tri-covery.com. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I mean, obviously, everyone knows my journey at this point. Tricovery has been helping me extensively. Uh, and, and by the way, it was, it was Jeff Kong, the uh, the owner of Tricovery, his birthday earlier this week. So yes, happy belated absolutely. birthday uh, to Jeff. But a, a tremendous team. You know, they, they really do a great job. They've helped me through my shoulder injury 
uh, and just my overall back issues as I'm just getting older and older. Uh, two locations, Novi, Royal Oak. Check them out, honestly, whether it's a massage, whether it's golf-specific stuff, uh, you know, just, just give them a try because Tri-Covery really does have an unbelievable team. Okay, so Mike, obviously it's it's snowing out, you know, here in, in Michigan. It looks like we're going to be, it's not going to be quite a polar vortex over the next uh, couple of weeks, but it's, it, it's going to be pretty darn cold. Uh, we have a lot of fun things coming up. Uh, next week, we're, we're actually going to be out at X-Golf Novi uh, recording the podcast. And I think there's a league final, if I'm not mistaken, where people are just going to be pounding their drivers uh, into the simulator. So we're, we're looking forward to uh, going and checking that out and, and, you know, being able to just talk to a bunch of uh, people from Metro Detroit golfers. And certainly, uh, you know, we encourage you guys to just, you know, come and check us out and, and, you know, say hi and have a drink if you want. You know, it's great to be back out. But uh, we have a lot of things, you know, kind of being planned right now. We've got a, a virtual golf show that we are in the process of planning right now. And the fact that we're saying it on this podcast means that we actually have to follow through with it. So um, we, we got a lot of work to do in the next few months. But again, if you want to be the first to know everything that is going on with MDG, you got to text MDG to 545454. Get on that text list and you'll know literally before anyone else what is going on, what is coming up, and what events you could be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Text list has been incredible. We are going to be doing one more order window for the tour card, which has just been a, just a ridiculous amount of buzz. We're so excited to still have some left to be able to uh, to give away and, and, and offer in March. So keep po- post on the text list. And then also, guys, um, you know, we don't say this enough. Just visit the website, MetroDetroitGolfers.com. There's a ton of content on there. We're really focusing on a lot of, you know, longer form pieces. We just had a kind of a, a, an article the other day we localized based on a Wall Street Journal golf story. Uh, we're doing stuff with a ton of local courses, a ton of local, you know, Michigan golf resorts. So I would encourage everyone just to go on MetroDetroitGolfers.com for, for you know, two, three, five minutes. Just browse around, check out what we're doing. And it's also a great tool because we get this question often. You know, if you don't have Facebook, how can you keep in touch? If you don't have Instagram, how can you keep in touch? All you need is internet access. Go to MetroDetroitGolfers.com and browse around. You can keep updated on everything from social media posts to current happenings to events to, uh, you know, articles to, to partnerships and more. So that's www.MetroDetroitGolfers.com. We thank you guys for listening. And please, as always, make sure you leave a review as well. It goes such a long way. Yeah, stay warm out there, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and keep giving Sully and Bogey a hard time. Powered by our presenting sponsor, Hall Financial, and also Tri-Covery Massage and Flexibility. 